You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hey, y'all. Bayou Benders here to talk to you about the latest from our sponsors, DraftKings. Basketball has officially entered the second half of the season. This is the time for teams to prove if they're contenders or pretenders. And DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports, is giving players a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Get in the action now to claim your free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes when using code THPN during sign-up. Playing daily fantasy basketball is simple. Just pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Feel the sweat like never before. Every dunk, steal, assist means so much more with a DraftKings daily fantasy lineup. With DraftKings, payday comes every day for players. So what are you waiting for? Head to the app now. Download the DraftKings app now and use code THPN during signup. This week, DraftKings is putting you in the action with a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. That's code THPN, and you can get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Hello, you're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Mason Dixon, and this is Habs Nightly, your hub for Habs content. Always, I am joined by my wonderful co-host Corey, the Bayou Benders. How are you, bud? Good. Uh, a lot better than last week when I was uh, threatened to be fired uh, over Twitter and over the over the podcast for uh, previous comments. But nah, dude, uh, I think we're all as a collective of Habs fans doing really good today. For the obscene opinion that that dress is gold and white, <laughs> that is absurd. That is paganism. Uh, get your fucking eyes checked, dog. <laughs> no, but all jokes aside, we're a little time crunched today, but we have a big game to talk about. Last night, Montreal played their first game in 10, 10 days, I believe. And what a fucking show did the boys put on right from the very start. 18 seconds in uh, that third line, KK, with Paul Byron and Lekkinen on his wing, just sprinted out of the gate and scored a quick goal to make it one nothing yeah how about that a uh, little bit of a little bit of a line combination uh change up we get we get uh kk comes back <laughs> thank god uh truthfully i i think it's kind of a given we would rather kk come back into it than uh, armia if we had to choose uh but a little bit of, of a line jumbling uh a, i was a little concerned seeing byron on the third but hey if it if it works it works you know yeah, it was actually funny on Twitter. There was a um, a picture trending of a guy holding two garbage cans, one in each. Yeah, arm. yeah. <laughs> someone, someone captioned it, KK centering the third line. And then what a game from that third line. Lecky and Byron must have heard the trade talk, must have seen that picture. And they just went off. And I wanted to kind of take it back to the first goal before we move on to the rest of the game. A really interesting decision by uh, – Fuck, I can't remember his name. Uh, Edmonton's coach to 
18 seconds in the game, call an offside review on what was clearly an inconclusive call. Uh, almost cost the Edmonton Oilers another goal that cost them a power play and their timeout. It also meant McDavid did not see the ice a lot in the first period. And it was just a, I, I don't know, a very questionable call, if I had to put in my opinion on that. Yeah. Uh, sometimes, you know, it. sometimes you can leave it to like a 50-50. Like there's a chance. This one kind of really felt like it wasn't. And it almost like <clears throat> predated what was going to happen later in the game with Connor McDavid's takeaway goal. Um, just poor... I don't know. Poor execution. I, I think on like just a coach on trying to trying to take that. It's a little too early into the game to try to force something like that. And like you said, we almost scored back to back on because of that. So, you know, a little bit of a blunder coming from them. And, you know, uh, like you said, we don't have a lot of time, but it almost seems like thank God we had a week off previously to know what it was like to come back into a game, you know, a week off and Edmonton definitely was out of the mix yeah and the big kind of fuck you like you said later in the game by Dominic Ducharme calling the offside review on McDavid's would have been McDavid's goal um basically solidified prices shutout to four nothing win by the boys I thought Suzuki was playing phenomenally he had that insane spinorama pass to Drew and Drew wasn't even expecting it really um Koskinen as always every time we faced him is like, seems to be a piece of paper tissue, mm-hmm. like or tissue, paper. <laughs> just fucking like anything with that man, it hits the post. It'll trip. Like he got lucky last night and still let in for, right. um, I thought the boys played, played really good, but an interesting stat I want to look at, um, on the year Montreal to date has only allowed McDavid and dry and assist and two assists for McDavid. Um, like um so i'm stuttering over my words here (laughs) like you hear that silence it's because like that that silence really speaks a lot like yeah we were fumbling but like yeah like we're taking the two greatest athletes um to right now on on a single team like a combined duo uh back-to-back years the, the only team that's that's the only two players to get uh 50 plus points back to back years was back with uh or and um Esposito so like you know this is the future they're gonna have a lot of fucking trophies whether it's a Stanley Cup or not a lot of hardware is going in between these two guys and this entire bit of season so far we've been able to shut them down like no other you know yeah and what I meant to say was respectively McDavid had two assists respectively that's three points (laughs) between the two of them and keep in mind they have 64 60 and 54 points respectively in 34 games so we have they've just been killing the other teams and we've done a really good job shutting them down so far knock on wood to that knock on a lot of wood but (laughs) yeah but yeah that's just um a little bit of praise for defensive efforts but let's also talk about Carey price we mentioned that he got a shutout with that he was it was his 49th in a Habs uniform that ties Jacques Plant for second all time in Canadian's history. And you know, sad to say, I think he would have had a few more if the Habs hadn't blown a few uh you know, blown it for him in the few games with uh, five minutes left letting the goal in. But an amazing accomplishment nonetheless. Um, I don't know actually who holds it. I would guess probably Ken Dryden. 
um, if I had to take a, a shot in the dart that he's chasing, but you know, all the powers to carry price really. And just an exceptional accomplishment. Yeah, it's, it's a little odd, especially like, you know, I think we all saw it in like the third, like I looked up and, and the shot shots on goal was like 12 for a bit. And I was like, maybe for this period, like I was confused. Yeah, um, I think they 16, but shots seven, 17 overall on carry price, you know, that that's big, you know, like that meant that, you know, like, yeah, like you see like 32 could be like a standard, you know, but like to be clutch when it's when it's that low it just shows that you know we were dominant defensively like we we kept the puck in our zone but like he was there he really counted when we needed him so regardless of, of how high or how low the number is like he was he was on game and he's been playing absolutely phenomenal as of late yeah and Jake Allen actually came out and said it today they asked him about his decreased number of starts uh the last few games and he said like I'm paraphrasing here, but he said that uh, Carey Price deserves the job, essentially. Like he's played well and he's there to go in when he needs to be there. And you can look at, I can't remember exactly how he phrased it, but Jake Allen knows what his role is. He said, actually direct quote, he said, Carey Price is the guy here. Like he knows exactly what his role is. He's not upset. And it's good to see that he's keeping that mindset of, you know, I just got to be ready to go whenever they need me. Right. And uh, with this win, the Habs are six, three and three under Duchamp. That's 15 of the total 24 points we've could have gotten it's about six to five points percentage. That's that's pretty fucking good. You know, like uh, definite improvement with this team. Um, a, a, a little extra, a little extra noted. Uh, you got the the center's face off last night. Uh, Kakinyam is 67 percent off the dot. With the no following with 58, Evans 56, and then Suzuki with only 18%. But uh Kakanami definitely had a great night last night. I believe he was second, uh, second star in the game. Uh a little a little bit of controversy on, on Twitter with Price getting a third, people saying he didn't really do anything because he sat in the net. Uh not not a lot came to him. But I mean, clutch clutches were clutches. So, you know, stop 17, shutout. We haven't had a shutout. This is the first shutout of the season, you know, so kudos to him i would give him the fucking star so yeah definitely and uh another kind of highlight of the game that i want to talk about and kind of put a little bit of more emphasis on in the limited time we have is Connor mcdavid's hit on yesperi kakaniami boy that's suspension worthy and not called <laughs> uh, very called, high it was called for it was elbowing. called okay yeah. well. or not for elbowing it was called for interference or roughing Sorry, but, but that's a that's a definite suspension. His his feet left the ice, very high, direct shot to the head, and he just got away scot free. Essentially, he received the maximum fine allowable under the CBA, which is five grand. Which to you and I is a fucking uh, shit ton of I money. I could I could fucking you know I could I'd go I could remortgage something. Like, yeah, <laughs> but to put it into perspective. If you convert that to the average salary in Canada, which is 50,000 Canadian dollars, um, he basically got the equivalent of a $20, $20 fine for someone who makes that much money. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. So it just makes us look poor and poorer. Like. Yeah. That's a, that's a $20 fine for Connor McDavid. Um, that wouldn't even buy him like, 
a fucking two four at the beer store. Like he he literally got away scot free. And I think it just highlights part of the issues in the NHL because if that's Tom Wilson, that's a nine game suspension, maybe five games, right? And I know we want to protect our stars and all that, but let's not let's not make it out to be what it isn't. McDavid wasn't getting hit. He wasn't getting slashed. He wasn't getting assaulted by the Habs. He was getting shut down, and it was frustrating him. This was after the offside call as well. And KK was shadowing him, doing his part. The Habs were playing, and Mike Johnson kept bringing it up on the feet as well. Basically, minor hockey style, just shadowing Dreisaitl and McDavid, right? Yeah. Which you don't do in pro sports, but with those guys, you do whatever the fuck you can to stop them, and clearly it's been working. Yeah, it, so. it definitely fucking worked. Um, you saw it on the power play a couple times. Just a simple poke check at the right time just really disrupted them. Just Yeah, and anywhere you go, to the boys. <laughs> anywhere you go, I'm going to follow you. 100%. Um, and everyone's done that in – any level of sport they've played at like a minor youth level, whether they've been the guy being followed, which is annoying, I'll tell you, or you're following the guy. There's always the one kid that's just way better than everyone. Your coach goes, all right, stick on his ass, right? And that's what they were doing. And it's frustrating. I get it. But the NHL safety needs to realize that this is there's cause, right? Like he did this out of frustration. It's not like he was getting hacked and slashed and the refs weren't calling anything. So McDavid said, you know what? I'm going to defend myself. No, he got pissed off and he took it out on the young guy who was shutting him down. And you know what? And if, if that's based, if that's based off of KK starting to get a little chip, starting to get a little, you know, a little mouth on him, kudos to him. Maybe he's, he's, he's looking up to Brendan Gallagher. Maybe the head rubs are rubbing off on him and he's getting a little bit of that Gallagher mentality. Cause I mean, well, Jesperi Kakaniemi, Definitely can take a hit. You know, uh, we've seen it. This is this will be the second time he's he's been hit really hard on the head, and uh, you know was able to, you know, continue continue play at least this time. But I'm actually surprised they called it because the the refs don't seem to like KK. I don't know what it is. I can understand that, but I think you gotta call it if if you make Connor McDavid. I think, McDavid, I think like, that was a lot worse. I mean that was the it was a lot less bad than the uh, Dylan Dubé. Yeah, Dylan Dubé. That's it. Yeah. Thank you. Dylan Dubé one was much worse. Oh yeah, that was brutal. <laughs> so it was just more of it, it was it was at a more of an intense spot, you know. Too like it was just it was very congested. It was vicious him, too. Yeah. At least McDavid caught a little bit of the body. Like yeah, and it was open ice too. So bit. it was it wasn't as like it wasn't like he could crunch him off the boards and follow up with it too. You know. But yeah. So McDavid got away scot-free. Let's not act surprised. I'm actually surprised he got anything. So yeah. you, you can't hurt the Wonder Boy. But uh, before we leave, how do you feel about Martin Froelich? You know, 33 years old. He gets his first play. I mean, he hasn't played since March 7th, 2022. I mean, 2020. Good Lord. Jesus. Yeah. I'm sending him to the future. But, uh, you know, I think I think this really comes, obviously, you know, with Armia still being out. But, um Dominic Ducharme has said that uh, every day he shows up and he works extremely hard. Uh, he's he's been keeping an eye on him. He's, uh, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Frolik has has gone to the AHL. Uh, I don't know if he's played games, but I know he's he's he's, he's done a little one, bit extensive. He's done extensive work to continue to be conditioned and stuff. But I think Dominic Ducharme, uh, especially now, is putting him in a, in a in a better role, even at the fourth. But you know, giving this guy a chance to play. 
Uh, definitely an older guy, but still has it. So has what it takes. You know, I don't think he he wasn't really noticeable too much uh, last night. He did have three hits, played a very physical game, had one shot on goal. But uh, he did see like 10 seconds on, on the shorthand. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of happy for him. You know, like this guy has definitely been in the weight. Uh, he hasn't he hasn't complained about it. Nothing in the media about it. And he just stayed conditioned and, and waited for his opportunity. Yeah, I um I didn't really notice for Leak that much, which I thought I think is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that fourth line put in some good work. <clears throat> they got caught out once on that McDavid goal, but it was offside. Uh, they actually had a bunch of offensive chances before that, but in the fourth lines, you know, kind of going ham, getting offensive chances. You don't want them to take that second chance. You want them to get off the ice when they can. So I thought that was a bit of a mistake, but I can't really blame a guy like Corey Perry who was out there stick handling and making moves and just being an overall fourth line beauty. Also, he's wearing 67. So, and that's like... where I was going. Yeah. For <laughs> wearing 67 kind of threw me off. Uh, it felt dirty. I'll be honest. Uh, I was a big patches guy in when, in his days at Montreal. So mm-hmm. it felt a little bit wrong, but you know, yeah, I didn't really have any issue with the play of Michael Froelich. I didn't think he was negative by any means to uh, the Habs play last night. I couldn't help it. Uh, I had to like it last night. Jay Farrar uh, on Twitter said, uh, every time I see for leak in the 67, I think it's Pacioretty, but then I see him go into the corner to get the puck, and I'm like, oh, that's not him. And I, I, couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't help but laugh when I saw that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Hab's Twitter was really rolling last night. Another really good one, uh, Mike Vini, great follow. Uh, about Paul Byron's play, you know, Paul Byron, it that that first goal, you know, the the beginning of, of our advancement into this into this game and how good we played really came off of Paul Byron's stick. But uh Paul Byron is playing, he said Paul Byron is playing like he really doesn't want to get traded. Paradoxically, the better he plays, the more likely it'll happen. And it, it, it's it's kind of tough, but you know, this could be something. I also saw someone have a, a Lekkonen appreciation post. I don't have that handy right now, but someone said, you know, like Sadly, this could be like the last lucky appreciation post, you know, with him in a Habs jersey. Uh, this is a tough time with with two, you know, I'd call them veterans of the team. You know, maybe not so much veterans of the game so much. Maybe Paul Byron, not so much lucky just yet. I still think he's a bit younger. But, um, you know, I think it's tough. You know, Paul Byron has had definitely showed out last night. And to have that thought that Paul Byron might be one moving, you know, we bring it in. Who knows what, what Mark Bergevin's about to do, but, you know, uh, I saw that, and it really made me think, and shit, it, it kind of hit home when I thought about it, you know? Yeah. Um, I think uh, that was one of Byron's best games of the year. Mm-hmm. He looked fast. I think maybe he was nursing an injury because we kind of discussed, I don't know if it was internally or on, on air, but we discussed how he kind of lost a step. He looked a little slower. He wasn't you know, normally you'd see Byron have space and you're like, oh, he's gone. And he wasn't, he wasn't getting gone. <clears throat> but tonight or tonight, last night, he uh, got a lot of chances, won a lot of four checks with his speed. And I wonder if those 10 days were enough for him to nurse his injuries back to, uh, to perfect health. And he looked speedy again. He looked like the Paul Byron of old. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And even if he's not a hundred percent, you know, that time off, Hopefully, well, you know what? I wouldn't even say hopefully. We saw a bit of a, a step in his game, a little bit of pep in it. So, you know, hopefully that that did do a little good for him in that aspect. Um, I don't know. Another good one. Um, just thinking like McDavid, Dreisaitl, Kakaniemi, 
KK is the was the best center in that game last night, truthfully. Uh, it's just a tough game. Edmonton comes in here. They, they want a hot streak. They come here and, you know, we play them like we're supposed to be what everyone else expects Toronto to play them as, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I think Montreal um, matches up fairly well against most teams, I think. Um, the way we play dry settle and McDavid frustrates them. And I think it, it's benefited us clearly so far, but I also think what we saw from Montreal last night was what we saw at the start of the year, you know, fast paced play, never giving up, uh, not relaxing when they had a lead, which has been a crutch for this team for a few years. And we saw that at the start of the year when they weren't relaxing, when they were playing hard, the whole 60 minutes, they were winning games. And if Price can continue to play like this, Montreal can keep playing like this. You know what I kept thinking the whole time they were playing is, wow, if the guys are going to play like this, imagine what it's going to be like when we add to Foley, Armia, Eric Stahl, Cole Caulfield. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. we're playing very undermanned and we have some more additions coming. This team, I don't know if we're going to finish higher than fourth, to be honest. I think it would take a hell of a run. I know God, God damn well that we are not going to finish second or first because I think Winnipeg is just going to skyrocket and I don't think Toronto is going to stay slumped forever. But I think this team going forward is going to, you know, if they can keep playing like this, they're going to put up a lot of points. Right. And I think, I think right now, you know, uh, there's a great time to have a goalie start to feel himself, you know, uh, you never want to, like they say, you don't you don't want to have the best start in the beginning and end out rounding out at the end and, and you know, you, you're falling off. Like, I think this is a great time for Carey Price to really pick his game up and find his comfortability. And, you know, we just need a win one for Jake Allen and, and, and continue his, you know, uh, I guess is his emotional drive, you know, make him feel good too. Not in a sense like, you know, like, oh, he sees you got to fuck Corey. Goalies are so fucking wild, you know what I'm saying? Like you got to get Jake Allen a win to to make him feel comfortable, and he still he still got it, and you know he can still handle the pressure when he's when he gets called into into the game and stuff like that. But fuck, man, I, th- I think we're we're on a bit of a roll, and it's only one game. You know, it, it could change, but if if that's if that's what we look like after a week, fuck, man, we're looking great. <laughs> yeah, no, there's definitely a lot of positives to take away from this game. Um, a weird thing I saw on Twitter just wrapping up this game was people criticizing the play of Druin, which I thought was absurd because personally, I want to get your opinion too. I thought Druin has played exceptionally <laughs> like the last three weeks or so. I think yeah. he's just been a different player under Ducharme. Druin has been a phenomenal player. Uh, granted, like we said previously, this he was uh, developed through he, – he's played under Ducharme before. So, you know, like this kid – definitely picked up the pace and he's getting rewarded for it. I'm not going to trip on this guy if he came back after a week and the entire team played at a complete game and he was just off a step. I don't think mm-hmm. I don't think that's worth even, you know, like whoever said that, uh, you're looking into it a little too far. This dude has been absolutely dynamite as of late with a team who's been retrying to refine themselves. So if he has an off night, he has an off night. Shit. You know, I, I, I'm not going to put that on him. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to Flood his even, speed to try to. I didn't I think didn't, he even played that bad. I thought, I he, thought just, he played good. Yeah. Personally, but it is what it is, I guess. Um, do you have anything else you want to add before we wrap, kind of wrap things up? I know we're going to 
hopefully have a guest on. Yeah, later. we're going to try to get I'll, on a guest, uh, see if we can talk a little Eric Stahl uh, with a couple of guys from THPN. But uh, no, I think <laughs> I think we'll wrap it up. Carey Price is, is doing warm-ups right now with his fucking uh, – with his goalie mask under his fucking jersey so he can't see it. He's just skating around with Jake Allen. So this team absolutely looks like they're having fun playing hockey. And if that doesn't, like, get you excited for this team, nothing will. Because if you're excited to go out and do dumb shit like this – and fuck, your chemistry is really good. So let's look for a great, you know, let's look for a great game against the Senators and, and continue it on. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, I will be leaving this episode here. Hopefully you guys are going to hear back from Corey in a couple of seconds. But I just want to thank you guys for stopping by. And it's been a privilege. Now we'll take it over to our next little segment here. Okay, folks, we talked about Eric Stahl signing, but uh, let's get a better understanding of what to expect from this guy, from a person who's seen him for four years. We're just going to pretend like the Buffalo shit never existed uh, unless he wants to go into it. But uh, let, to help us get a better look, uh, we're pleased to be joined by the co-host of the Wild Soda Pod and beer enthusiast Scott, also known as State of Hoppy on Twitter. How are you, bud? We're doing great. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm, I'm ready to finish my day so I can, you know, have a have a couple beers and edit and just fucking chill. What a, what Buddy, a I, I just got home from work and I already got the beers cracked because I'm watching the greatest hockey tournament on this planet right now, the Minnesota State Hockey Tournament. <laughs> awesome. um, so, yeah, I got that on TV right now. But, uh, yeah, Eric Stahl, uh, interesting move here. Obviously, we are sparing no expense to try and, uh, well, keep someone employed at the top of this organization. Um, but Eric Stahl, I mean, I, I can give you the, the good and the bad here. I mean, on the plus side, and I think we do have to include the Buffalo portion of this saga to really kind of tell his story, because you look over the past four years, we'll say, Eric Stahl has put up solid numbers. He is a guy who can still play in this league. Uh, Buffalo obviously has not brought the best out of him. This is a guy who did not include Buffalo on his no move list because he didn't think there was a shot in how they were going to trade for him. So that's a big <laughs> oversight. That kind of sucks. And you could see it in his video when he announced, you know, Hey, Sabres fans, I'm coming. It was basically a hostage video. Right. And you've seen that between his play and that of his teammates, like no one wants to fucking be there, which it's unfortunate because that great hockey city, great fans for whatever reason, shit just doesn't work there. Um, so really take everything that's happened this season for Eric Stahl and just throw it out the fucking window. Like you said, because everything that has gone wrong for him and led to this demise, guess what? It doesn't matter where he got traded. He's going to come in buzzing. He's going to have some energy and he's a 36 year old. So guess what? A seven day quarantine. All it's going to do is make him a little bit more fresh. Right. Right. But you know, I don't know if you've got an analytics crowd here at all. Like this is a guy who, you know, games above replacement goals above replacement wins above replacement. All of his numbers were pretty consistent when he was with Minnesota. Like mm -hmm. he was scoring a little over 10 goals more than that replacement level player this year. He's got four less. Right. His time with Minnesota, he was contributing and bringing two more wins to the team than average over those three years. Right now he is hurting the team negative 0.7 for that, that wins above <laughs> replacement. 
And that's way more indicative of, again, the holistic team there with the Mm -hmm. Sabres just being a dumpster fire. But like, this is a guy that can play with good players. We've seen it. He looked great with Kevin Fiala when he was here, was a big piece of helping him break out last year. And you're seeing the impact of him leaving, right? Right. Kevin Fiala has not had the year that anyone expected. Uh, Obviously, we make up for that with Kirill Kaprizov, but it's just (laughs) not been... uh, not been the same for him, not having a center that he can play with. So Eric Stahl, like if you put him with competent wingers, guys that can score goals, he's not fleet of foot. All right. He's not playing that vertical North South game, but he can do the right things. He thinks the game the right way. And he does bring in, you know, a good veteran presence and pedigree. The guys won a cup. He's played on some great teams. He's got the leadership acumen. Uh, for me, the, the negative really comes here. Where the fuck does he fit? I don't yeah. know. You, you lead with that. You tell me where you think he slots into this lineup. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, so that, that's, uh, I love the point you, you've, uh, you've, you've brought to the table. It, it you know, going into this trade, we all kind of in the slack. We're just like, uh, everybody's like, Hey, how y'all feel about this? And me and Mason are just basically confused because we're kind of concerned as where do you slot him? Um, a lot of people online are saying uh, fourth line with Corey Perry, along with uh, maybe pushing uh, Jake Evans or Alekinen as his as his right wing. I've even seen uh, a possibility of moving him to a winger position to help on the line with like a KK to Foley. That way, if KK's having a tough night on on the dot, we can we can bring in Eric Stahl. Um, my, I'm still worried about where where does he fit. I do think he's going to be a good fit for this team um, just because of how we handled COVID. I think that if, if they're going to play around and give the team an entire week off and then realize they can't do that. And now we, we could be short uh, a center. I think Eric Stahl is a great pickup to have someone, you know, if need be someone easily slotted into a center position that can fill the role. Um, I'm looking at his Minnesota stats. He was, he was phenomenal player. And um, like you said, though, you know, in Buffalo, um, he's going to leave that place just wanting to play, want to play with a better team. And, and I think that, you know, we might not be, you know, the top San- Stanley Cup predicted team, but like to leave uh, the worst to come to a team that is is looking like it's progressing. I'm sure that's that's a win in his book. Um, but truthfully, I'm still at odds with where to put him. I, I, I can't see him on a line with Corey Perry. Mason, who's not with us, uh, Thinks otherwise, he thinks the line would be a bit slow, but I think that because of the the veteran pedigree, I mean, both of them are a triple gold crown or whatever whatever the term is that I don't know in the in Southern Louisiana. Um, but I, I think that that would be a good line chemistry with those two together. But uh, you know, we have we have good depth as far as uh, centers, but I think Eric Stahl makes it that much better, and he can be slotted uh, easily into this lineup. Yeah, and I mean, Mason, I'll, I'll give you kudos here, man. Ten years ago, that's an all-star line. You're probably getting 70 goals out of that duo between Perry <laughs> and Stahl. But uh, no, Eric Stahl is not a fourth-line player. I think that would be horrible. But the problem is you got three good centers. Unless there's mm-hmm. something I've missed and someone is just dramatically underperforming, like he is not better than those three players, right? At right. least not – not the the top level of their games, right? If they're if everything's going right. Mm-hmm. Now he's a guy that maybe you throw in with one of the middle six lines to get them going. Maybe you try and slot one of the younger guys at the wing. I don't know. But it it's just 
that's where it's weird for me. Unless you just have him there purely for depth and you want him there to be a guy you can slot in if one of those three goes down, hey, great move because he can fill that middle six role perfectly. I just don't – playing him on the fourth line with Corey Perry, that just feels dirty to me in a lot of ways. But, hey, may, maybe here's the plus. I, all right, I got this for you. What would it cost – to trade for guy who's clearly getting kicked to the curb because he's apparently the third center on the team, Phil Deneau. What what would it cost for the Wild to trade for him? That way you've got a perfect spot to slot stall in. Maybe we send you a Matt Dumba, <laughs> fill out your blue line a little bit. Let, let's 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 see how this unravels. What are we thinking? Oh man, uh, we we're definitely gonna have to come on onto your pod and, and break that cookie. Uh, just. Fuck, man, you you have caught me off guard. I don't even know how to how to even go about that. Um, just say yes. Say yes. Just, yeah, yeah. Sign, right? <laughs> sign. I'll uh, complete the trade call and it's done. That's that's how a lot. That's how the Taylor Hall trade happened, right? Back yeah, you're absolutely right. And um, and you know off that, guard. <laughs> <laughs> and there there is no you know every we're we're dealing with Mark Bergevin. Uh, we you don't listen to his conferences and listen to what he says. You listen to what he does not say because what it's, it's all hidden, you know, everything, all his motives of hidden. He's never going to come out and say what he's going to do. So Philip Deneau's time is still very unsure. You know, there could be a possibility in that. Um, the only reason we, we kind of figured fourth line, or at least I did Mason, you know, he's superior to me. He'll love that. But um, <laughs> we, we had, we had said it because, you know, there was a bit of a decline in, um, in Evans, Evans and, you know, maybe that was that was something to bring in. I was saying maybe Eric Stahl could, you know, like you're saying, he doesn't really fit the fourth line, but uh, maybe he comes in as like a Alexander Steen role, you know, just just accepting what you can to be, you know, still part of a, a winning team um, and see where it takes you. I think Eric Stahl can be utilized in, in multiple different areas. I don't I don't know what we'll technically do with him, but I feel like. Uh, I stated this on the last podcast. I feel like how when we brought in uh, Ilya Kovalchuk, we'll get that type of player out of him, and I think he'll Eric Stahl will actually be a lot better. I think he's more suited for for what we you know what we could utilize him for now. Um, but I expect good things from Eric Stahl. Where does he fit? I think we're all still unsure. You probably have a better just just from seeing him. You know exactly where he could probably fit at least you know slot wise, but. Um, Ducharme is not afraid to change things up, and if Eric Stahl, uh, if he sees if he sees a connection, I'm sure he'll make it, and he wouldn't think otherwise because he really does not have a connection. You know, he's he does not have a connection to this team that's been there for for years, like uh, sure. like Julianne had. So, you know, there's a chance we could see Eric Stahl slotted. You know, we saw Deneau kind of struggle in the beginning. If that happens again, that first line could easily be uh, broken apart, and we can see an Eric Stahl in between uh, Gallagher and whoever they choose, you know? Yeah. And the way that line plays, I don't know if that's necessarily your best spot. Cause again, that's not like, you're not looking at that line and saying, this is a speed line. This is a burner mm-hmm. line. This, you know, slot Eric Stalin is the guy that can kind of be the straw that stirs the drink. Like that's a line that goes out and plays great to a hockey can absolutely put some goals in, but they do it the dirty way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's not Eric Stahl, man. He needs to be with skill finesse players. Okay. Who he can work with cause he understands what's going on. Again, his brain is still fully intact. His legs are not. Yeah. So if you're looking for him to be the guy that drives that first line, I don't see it. And he's also not going to be your like staunch defensive center, like a Dino. Right. 
So it really is that middle six group, which I mean, the benefit to you guys is while you don't really have that bona fide first line, mm-hmm. kind of like the wild have been for a long time. You've got a lot of lines that are very competent, like just top to bottom, a ton of second ish lines. So it's figuring out which players really have that style that matches him, but maybe he is open to playing on the wing or maybe one of your centers can shift to the wing gracefully, but just looking at fourth line. And I mean, I'm not Ducharme, right? I don't know how he's going to coach, but traditionally your fourth line is going to go out there. They're going to play what 10 minutes a night and they're an energy line. They're going to go out there and bang. They're going to be going hard and fast. It's not Eric Stahl. This right. just n- doesn't make any sense to me. Corey Perry, guess what? Way past his prime, dude can still go out there and bang, play greasy like the best of them. Mm-hmm. He fits that even in his old age. That's just not Eric Stahl's game, in my mind, at least. Hey, no, the, uh, this is the insights that I truthfully need. Hopefully some some of our younger fans or people that didn't follow Eric Stahl can can really benefit from this because I think as, as a – Unless you're on top of your your team and, and you know everything about the Montreal Canadiens and Eric Stahl at the same time, you know where do you slot him? This is this has all been beneficial, especially for me to to try to get a grip on possibly where we can put him. I but, mean, uh, buddy, just stick him with Cole Caulfield. Let's give her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tell you what, I've watched him too, and that guy's a fucking wheelhouse. Oh Can't my god. Guess wait. what? I I really hope I'm proven wrong. And you know, looking at the complete game, I probably will be wrong. But dude, I freaked the fuck out like celebrating harder than i ever have when rousey got drafted this year mm-hmm. i basically did the opposite when we took boldy because i thought caulfield was coming to minnesota right and i was pretty <laughs> bummed now now he's looked really good right boldy has definitely transitioned he's yes, shown he me especially in the world juniors man dude can play for sure yeah and he's, guess he what the wild solid. have never had a goal scorer guess yeah. what cole caulfield is a goal scorer so I'm excited. I don't know if you think there's any chance of him cracking the lineup anytime soon, but I'm excited to see if this guy with the, uh, well, the obvious size deficiency, if he can transition in and still be the same goal scorer he's been at every level thus far. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think, I think he's, I think he can, I think he's got a lot to prove. Uh, I love, I love him. He's like, he reminds me of like Harry Potter. Like he's, he's doubted. He's, you know, he's been put, put through the ringer talk wise, proved it on every level. You know, he's just got to prove it at this one. I do think he will. Uh, I mean, we're burning a year of his contract. I don't see why why you don't give him some type of play. We got a good chunk of chunk of games left. Uh, at this point, it looks like we will make the playoffs. So, why not give him his shot? Um, I think right now we're we're at the cup, at the just the the bare edge. Like nothing else can go in for our cap. Uh, Think that that was helpful with the with the Eric Stall because Buffalo took like half of their you know half of his uh, remaining of the I think it's three point two five, but um, it's gonna it's gonna be tough. But I really hope he does get a crack in, on this team. I think he can really make a difference. Maybe not right away. Uh, I think of him like Paul Correa, very very flashy, uh, capable. Uh, but then everybody is gonna look at his size and try to doubt otherwise, and, and maybe use him as a you know as a, as a as a point you know he's going to be a target out there, but um, this kid just loves the game. And I, I just want him to succeed. And if he, if he plays in Laval for a year to, to prove he can do it before he gets a shot, uh, so be it. But I, I do truthfully think he makes the lineup this year. And I wouldn't be surprised if, if it's against uh, the Leafs. Oh man, you just, I'm sorry. I, I missed almost everything you just <laughs> said. Cause you broke my brain when you compared him to Harry Potter. What a comparison. <laughs> Holy shit. 
Um, yeah, man. And you know what? I think an even easier comparison for any listeners that maybe aren't as familiar with Korea, just you know, obviously been out of the game for a while. Mm-hmm. He's Johnny Goudreau, just a goal yes, scorer yes. instead of a playmaker. Yeah. Everyone's like, idol. oh, yeah, this, this guy is a great college player, but he's too small, can't fit the pro game. Look at this. He fucking burns houses down for fun. Like, <laughs> I just – I'm not saying by any means that Caulfield's a lock. I just don't think that people should be as down on him just because of size yeah. as they, you know, have tended to be. Now, could that absolutely be a deterrent? Sure. But – I'm not ready to count him out. I'm going to give him a good two year run before I'll even make a judgment as far as if he's playing poorly mm-hmm. If he comes out and he's killing it out of the gate, then okay. He's showing you what he needs to do, but yeah, he'll, he'll be a fun one to check in on. Um, and then the one I'm curious about, and maybe you don't know as much about him because he's been in the minors most of the year, but Haling is a guy that has a lot of potential too. Have, have you gotten any looks at him? Yeah, and he's been playing phenomenal. They've actually moved him up to uh, first line for PK and for power play. Uh, he's, he's just been dominant, and and that was something we brought up. If Cole Caulfield doesn't get a chance to see, you know, at some point he will be put with uh, with Paling, and um, you know that's only going to improve his development. Ooh, and, I'll be watching those games. Holy shit! You're right. Like I got I got to find a way to start watching Laval games now. You know we don't we don't get the best coverage down here, but uh, some, something's gonna have to give very soon. You know it, it. I'm gonna have to go past just just reading about it the next day. But as soon as he makes it in, um, I'll have I'll have to find a way to watch him. But yeah, as, as far as Harry Potter, I don't see the kid changing the world and stopping evil. But if he does shit, then we, we really banked on it. But uh, I don't know. Shea Weber could be his like Hagrid, right? He's got about the same build. <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe Petrie. <laughs> I don't I don't know which I don't know how, how well Shea Weber is doing. I mean, I, I still think he's a, he's a talented guy, but uh, Jeff Petrie is seeming like he's going to be the new uh, the 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 teacher of everyone coming soon. Can only help. Yeah. But uh, man, we really appreciate you coming on. Uh talked to isha recently he's he, he wants us That's on a bummer <laughs> he wants us on i'm sure he wants to try to clown the montreal canadians uh but i mean hey man we keep we keep we did good against vancouver this year and um his teams looks like they're not going to make the playoffs knock on wood but uh if there's anything you know you want to say if you want to promote you know soda pod your your amazing uh beer taste and whatever you want the floor is yours before we head oh, out man Wow, that's that's quite a lot of pressure, a lot of weight you're putting on my shoulders. Uh, yeah, hey, Isha and I have a good time. We will never claim to be uh, the smartest hockey minds, but we get some pretty cool hockey and beer guests. We bring on a lot of different representatives of breweries here in Minnesota, which state of hoppy, it really is just a culmination of I love hockey and I love beer, right? Same here. So why not tie the two together? Um, but uh, yeah, it's, you know, if anyone really wants to tune in and just hear me rag on Isha because he hates the Canadians and I just drag him for it, <laughs> love, especially love when Toffoli now- comes out and just <laughs> pummels him. Oh, Stone man. I think, I think I told him on air and he almost cried that uh, <laughs> early in the year when Toffoli was just burying them, uh, he was on pace if he played the Canucks for an entire 82-game season, he would break every goal record out there. So – there you go, Habs fans. Don't listen to any bullshit from Vancouver. Um, but, yeah, check us out at the Soda Pod. You can check me out if you are so inclined on Twitter at State of Hoppy. Awesome, man. Thank you so much. Uh, 
definitely when we come on, we, we're going to need you to play that song he hates. I've never heard it until you brought oh, it up. Oh, baby. And, dude, now it's it's every time I think of him, it comes to mind. I'm like, man, let's just rub the – Rub the salt in the wound, man. <laughs> oh, you should watch uh, one of our more recent videos. Anyone who wants to get a taste for us, uh, we actually talked. We have a uh, correspondent for everything college hockey who came on and talked about how Cole Caulfield is just he just is the Hobie Baker winner. They haven't yep. announced it yet, but we just he has to be. And uh, at the end of the video, I actually play that same little clip there for you. <laughs> but I also dub over that video. Cole Caulfield with a sick goal in the World Juniors. And oh, just, yeah, that. it Isha. Isha wasn't a fan, but we move on. Man, it's been an absolute pleasure, and I uh, can't wait to join y'all. We'll have a beer, uh, and we can pick each other's brains. But, uh, man, it has been an absolute pleasure. Please uh, please have a great rest of your day. I know your day was just as stressful as mine, man, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Hey, really appreciate it, man. It's been fun. No problem, man. Thank you so much. All right, folks, we're going to end the episode right here. Uh, thank you so much for Scott for joining us. Uh, that's if you, if you would be so inclined, please follow Scott at the state of hoppy on Twitter and his podcast with our uh, co-creator of the THPN, Isha Jerome, the soda pod that's soda like Minnesota pod. Uh, folks, I hope you guys had a really good time. This has been Habs nightly. Please as always follow us on Twitter at Habs nightly and Bayou vendors. I hope you guys enjoyed the interview y'all Monday. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. <laughs> You're a slob. Like, shut your whore mouth. Order- that's it. Yeah, like the fr- the phrase pigeon toss, like I find that hilarious. <laughs> like as if you were to toss a pigeon. What like, the fuck is a pigeon toss? No, like you just pigeon toss a guy out of the way, like Let's go, he scores! Don't forget to catch Stick in Rink, the healthiest podcast in the Vancouver area. Every Monday on the Stick in Rink podcast feed, wherever you get your podcasts from, or on the hockey podcast network, every team, everywhere. You know how fucked I am in the head? When you said pigeon toss, the first thing I thought of was midget toss. We're back.